Homily for Divine Mercy Sunday, April 19, 2020, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks. In conjunction with this day every year, I like to incorporate into the Sunday Mass celebration, praying the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And so I encourage all of you, all of you listening to today's homily podcast, to pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy on Divine Mercy Sunday, if possible, during the hour of mercy, three o'clock in the afternoon. And also, to remember this beautiful prayer, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, to incorporate every single day in your daily devotions. I made a private retreat, my annual retreat in Wichita, Kansas, a couple years back. I was familiar with the retreat center because I'd worked in the area for a couple of summers back in the 90s. There's a church near the retreat center called Resurrection Parish. In an archway above the altar in the sanctuary is inscribed in big bold letters, Blessed are those who have not seen, yet have believed. I thought that was an outstanding reminder for the people who attend Mass there. When Jesus said these words in today's Gospel, he certainly was thinking not only about Thomas or his friends, but everyone who would come after. We live half a world away from the Holy Land, and we were born two millennia after Jesus' public ministry. We can't do anything about that. But anyone of any era stands to receive the same gifts the apostles did. Regardless of where or when they live, as long as we take up our crosses, follow the Lord, and keep his commandments. In a sense, it's good for us that one of the apostles, whether Thomas or anyone else, was not in the room when Jesus first appeared to them that Easter Sunday evening. Try as they might, none of them could convince Thomas of what they had seen. He wanted it to be true, but declared that he could not believe Jesus was risen unless he could inspect the Lord's wounds himself. This is why the marks of the nails remained in Christ's glorified body. Jesus used them to demonstrate to any skeptics that it was really he. And what's more, the wounds were, one might say, trophies illustrating his victory, over the fearsome death of crucifixion. In a typical Easter, we tell ourselves that while we are like Thomas and that we cannot see Jesus like he was not there to see him on Easter Sunday, we see him through sacramental signs. We are brought into new birth through the water of baptism. We join our voices in resounding alleluias. We receive the substance of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, albeit hidden from our sight. This year, Catholics have been asked to give all that up. We don't even have the consolation that those early Christians experience in Acts of the Apostles, the presence of the faithful, as they shared life in common. And what many of us have seen in the news in recent weeks is not the glory of the resurrection, but the reality of death and the fear this virus has stirred up. God's children are crying out, How long until we can see you? How long until we behold your face and our fellow parishioners in the sacred art of our parish church, in the body and blood of Christ? How long will we suffer from this malicious virus? 
And yet let's recall what Thomas was able to do during Jesus' next appearance. He was indeed able to plunge his hands into the Lord's wounds and declared, My Lord and my God. The suffering of human beings and their fallen condition has not ceased. The fragile wounds of humanity have not dissipated. It is only through entering the wounds of Christ, like Thomas did, that we can believe and see. It is only through taking up our cross and following Jesus to Calvary that we will then behold the empty tomb and rejoice. The suspension of so much of public life during this pandemic is a deep darkness for us. We are increasingly anxious for the sunrise to reach the horizon. Maybe we can look at these times as a metaphor for what it is like as Christians in our earthly pilgrimage. We have God's grace and many good things at our disposal, but what we are truly created and meant for is the unending sunlight of heaven, where we will behold God face to face. Lastly, I want to offer a brief word about the devotion to divine mercy, which we marked with the praying of the chaplet as a prelude to today's Mass. Our side chapel contains this beautiful image behind the altar, as do a great many Catholic churches, chapels, and shrines. If you are wondering why Pope St. John Paul II paired this liturgical observance with what we used to call the second Sunday of Easter, look again at how Jesus dealt with the frightened apostles in today's gospel when he first met with them. There were no angry accusations, no piling of guilt upon their heads. These men knew well enough how they behaved, as they fled to save their hides when their Lord was arrested. Instead, Jesus wished peace upon them and imparted his spirit to them in anticipation of the work they were called to do. In short, Jesus lavished them with mercy and equipped them to offer the exact same mercy to the world. Holy Mother Church reminds us that their task is ours as well. Amen.